in the late 2000s, hip-hop was on life support. Outkast had broken up. Flowrider was rapping about the apple-bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. And Nas had proclaimed that hip-hop was dead. You're now listening to Mood Ring Radio, where we talk about a mood and make a mix for that mood. And on this episode, we're diving into the rise and the fall of one of the most influential collectives in modern music history. A rowdy group of teenagers that took the internet by storm, pissed a lot of people off, and influenced rap more than you know. Odd Future. And if you've never listened to Odd Future's music, let this be your warning. Their music is vulgar, it's offensive, and in other words, you're going to be hearing a lot of cussing on this episode. And we're going to break down some of the politics of their problematic lyrics, but really we're going to focus on their impact and influence in the rap game. With that said, I'm Soft Spoken, and let's get into it. Chapter 1, Hip Hop is Dead, question mark? Odd Future arrived on the scene in the late 2000s, but before we can get into their rise, we have to talk about the landscape of hip hop. What came before them? Decades before Odd Future, N.W.A., Naughty by Nature, and Onyx were among the groups that were criticized by the mainstream for their abrasive and unapologetic rejection of mainstream approval. So, although hip-hop was largely rejected by the mainstream for years, by the end of the 90s, the genre's popularity was only growing. Slowly, labels started to see how profitable hip-hop could be. And suddenly, hip-hop was no longer subculture. It was popular culture. An art form that had been rooted in rebellion and resistance was producing more and more acts that were palatable to the mainstream. And early on, mainstream hip-hop didn't disappoint when it came to quality. This was largely thanks to the synchronous relationship between hip-hop and R&B. In the early 2000s, collabs from Usher, Ludacris, and Lil Jon, and acts like Ja Rule and Ashanti were the norm. Hip-hop and R&B were perfectly in sync. And although it didn't have the same raucous edge as the previous generation, the early 2000s era was producing some of hip-hop's biggest hits. But as the 2000s waned on, it seemed like hip-hop was running out of steam. And while the music was selling and rap was as popular as ever, it seemed to be lacking creativity and innovation. Hip-hop's insistence on mass appeal was resulting in uninspired sounds and forgettable songs. 
It was no longer seen as an act of resistance to the mainstream. It was the mainstream. And the legends of hip-hop at this point were not shy about voicing their disdain for the direction that hip-hop was heading in. Nas released an entire album called Hip Hop Is Dead, and Ice-T went as far as to say he knew the single artist responsible for killing rap, Soldier Boy. Ice-T, fuck Soldier Boy, eat a dick. This nigga single-handedly killed hip-hop. Soldier Boy, let me talk about Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, I know you're young enough to be my kid, but you single-handedly kill hip-hop, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I Jay-Z went on to air his thoughts about the state of the game with a song called DOA, Death of Autotune. This is anti-autotune, death for the ringtone. This ain't for iTunes, this ain't for sing-alongs. This is Sinatra at the opera, bring a blonde. So, in the late 2000s, we have Nas claiming hip-hop is dead, Ice-T claiming Soulja Boy killed it, and Jay-Z calling for the death of autotune. But if hip-hop was dead or dying, who was going to revive it? Who was going to breathe new life into it and push boundaries like hip-hop's early innovators? Enter Odd Future. And I present to you, to you all, the Our Future compilation, starring KCB, Haji Beats, Left Brain, Super 3, and Tyler the Creator. Give it up. Give it up for Nigga 17, his own fucking magazine, and of course, Tunga Force is Aqua Team by all means. Fuck a deal, signature is legible. I'm the reason why niggas is eating up they vegetables. From being bullied in the six to being dissed by any bitch that could breathe, please throw me in the ditch. Chapter 2 Enter Odd Future. Odd Future Wolfgang Killed Them All, better known as Odd Future, released its first project, the Odd Future Tape, in 2008. On the intro track, which you just heard, Tyler announces the group's original members. So, let's take a moment to mention each member once again. Starting with Casey Veggies. And they see me, they play Pictionary. I got a good way with words like a dictionary. And in that dictionary, my name is Bob Fresh. They at the same spot, they making no progress. Becoming a good rapper ain't that easy of a process. Next on the roster, rapper Haji Beats and producer Left Brain, otherwise known as the duo Mellow Hype. Bless. First one up. Yup, good morning. I'm already out the door by the time you were yawning. Head start for the green mode, longing, prolonging in the game, sing along and bounce if you like. Come on, Bob, yo. Up next, we have another group within the group, Super 3, also known as Jet Age of Tomorrow, which is made up of Pyramid Vitra and now a member of the band The Internet, Matt Martians. Rounding out the members who appeared on Odd Future's first project, the founder, the originator, the creator, Tyler. Sick to my motherfucking tummy, bitch must think I'm a motherfucking dummy, because I just bummy bitch think I'm broke, bitch I ate one roach and I made a lot of money. Papa's is bastard, Clancy is my slave master, thanks to them crackers, my pockets are fatter than excess shit that's waiting on jazz. I never popped a bottle, but I fucked a couple models in Europe, yep, and a couple of them swallowed. Meet me halfway, bitch, I'm going all in, and I never pull back, shout out to my nigga Taco. Fuck 
So the group at this point had met as high school friends, some of them friends since kids. They were artists who shared music on MySpace, and some of them just friends who skated together. And with their first tape, they were gaining buzz from kids streaming their music on Tumblr and YouTube. But you may notice many of their notable members haven't yet to be mentioned. Well, let's go through the rest of the roster. Next, we have the G. Who goes by Mike G? Uh, nothing but rage in my entity. A page for a symphony. Still a fucking fire starter. Light as ain't on this degree. My shining will never stop. Fuck running from every cop. Wait till the sun go down and have a showdown out in Salem's lot. Still working the night shift. I am the doorway. Go close for violence. This Before joining Odd Future, Mike G was a fan of OF. He went to Crenshaw High School with Left Brain, who would send him beats, and later on he'd message Tyler on MySpace and asked if he could make a chopped and screwed version of the Odd Future tape. Tyler proved, and the rest is history. Now moving on with the team, we have a smooth rhyming stoner, Damo Genesis. Maybe we could dance if you like. Shake that pretty ass when it's flashing and light off of one glance. Can only imagine the hype. Trying to figure out what's being your plans for the night. Cause I ain't fucking good at it. Got a fresh cut, now I'm looking for the freaks. Fresh car wash, we still put your hands on the Jeep. Use your etiquette and bring sand to the beach. Been all around the world to keep running. Shorty wanna hold my hand, it ain't nothing. In 09, Damo was attending Arizona State University when he dropped out and decided to pursue rap. He was good friends with Tyler, became a member of the crew, released his first mixtape as a member of Odd Future, and later on, he would go on to collaborate with Left Brain and Hachi Beats to form the group Mellow High. Now, moving on to the crew's most versatile lyricist, a kid named Tebe. Tebe's mother was a law professor at UCLA, and his father, a renowned South African poet. Before joining OF, he released music on MySpace under the moniker Sly Tendencies, Tyler, the creator, came across his music and invited him to join the crew. This kid's name? Well, you might know him as Earl Sweatshirt. Grab mittens who have to spit blizzard is actually flick. Cigarette ash and bitch, niggas harassment. Eight nickels I hash, delay quicken and dash the same. Nicholas pad to taste venison. Still in the business of smacking up little rappers with rackets. You play tennis with hated for bank. Lifting and spraying and hide away in the shade of his main. Alright, by this time, you're probably thinking, how many goddamn members do they have in this group? And the short answer, a lot. And it's important to mention, not every member of Odd Future was a rapper or producer. And if you're a fan of OF, then you're familiar with Jasper Dolphin and Elboy and Taco. Tyler and Elboy and Jasper were all friends since kids, and Taco met Tyler on Fairfax, which was pretty much ground zero for the crew. Taco's house was where Odd Future would record much of their early records. And Taco's older sister, well, she'd also join the crew. And before starting her own group, The Internet, with Matt Martians and others, she was OF's DJ and sound engineer. And of course, I'm talking about none other than Sid. Sid would bring a much-needed calm to OF's bombastic teenage boy vibe. And like I mentioned, it was at Sid and Taco's house where OF recorded much of their early music, meaning that without them, OF as we know it might not even exist. Now, of course, we can't forget the final member to round out OF's roster, a 20-something-year-old who went by Frank Ocean. Could this be Earth? Could this be light? 
Does this mean everything's going to be alright? One look out my window, there's trees talking like people I dreamt of storms, I dreamt of sound I dreamt of gravity keeping us around And what many people don't know about Frank is that before he was Frank and before he was even a member of Odd Future, he was making waves in the music industry as a songwriter for the likes of John Legend, Brandy, and Justin Bieber. And oh, you know that Beyonce song called I Miss You? Yeah, Frank wrote that too. I miss you. And although Frank was writing for some of music's biggest names, he wasn't happy until he joined OF. He told GQ, I was at a real dark time in my life when I met them. At 20 or 21, I had, I think, a couple hundred thousand dollars from producing and songwriting. A nice car, a Beverly Hills apartment, and I was miserable. The do-it-yourself mentality of OF really rubbed off on me. And thus, with the addition of Frank Ocean, Odd Future was fully assembled. Chapter 3 the impact of OF. So now we know who OF is, but how did the world come to know who they were? Well, it started with the buzz from kids on the street, Fairfax to be specific. Now Fairfax is in LA and it's the hub of streetwear brands like Supreme. It was on this block where Odd Future would eventually build its own clothing store, but years before that, the kids that made up OF would be on the block regularly. At the time, Supreme was the only store on the block that sold skateboards, so naturally, it became a kick-it spot for skaters, and many of the OF members were skaters. So, OF's music is buzzing on the internet, and at that point, Supreme recognized the buzz, and they started giving them free clothes. Tyler and the OF members became pseudo-brand ambassadors, and just as quickly as their music was growing, so was their style. Kids who listened to Odd Future's music were literally dressing and trying to look like them. And if you went to high school in 2010, then you remember this. You remember kids wearing tie-dye shirts and vans and absurdly overpriced Supreme hoodies. That was all because of OF. And it was here, at the peak of Odd Future's underground success, that they broke into the mainstream arena. When Tyler the Creator dropped a video for a song called Yonkers. I'm a fucking walking paradox. No, I'm not. Threesomes with a fucking triceratops. Reptar, rapping as I'm mocking deaf rock stars. Wearing synthetic wigs made of anwars. Dreadlocks, bedrock. In this grim video, Tyler famously eats a roach, fantasizes about stabbing Bruno Mars, and ends the video by hanging himself. And for his day one fans, this video was right at home. This is just stuff that Tyler did in his songs and his videos. But to people who were just introduced to Tyler for the first time, they were in shock and awe. And to follow this video up, Tyler was invited to perform a song on Jimmy Fallon. He and Haji Beats performed their song, Sandwiches. Our next guests are turning heads in the hip-hop world, and tonight they're making their TV debut with us performing the song, Sandwiches, with a little help from the roots. Please welcome Tyler, the creator, and Haji Beats from Odd Future! Well, 
it went exactly as you might expect. And with their first televised performance, Odd Future had officially arrived in households of people across the globe. But as Tyler and Odd Future's public prominence grew, so did the criticism. Chapter 4 the politics. Odd Future is only the second band ever to be banned from playing the Big Day Out. The act was pulled after a letter was sent to Big Day Out organisers claiming the band was homophobic. But Odd Future has come to New Zealand anyway to play its own show outside of the festival. Everywhere they went, Odd Future's reputation preceded them. They were banned from New Zealand, like, like all of New Zealand. And this was the result of accusations that they had been inciting riots at their shows and because of the use of homophobic slurs in their songs. Okay, now what about your lyrics? What about them? What are you saying in your lyrics? Nothing. Shit to piss old white people off like you. Is that right? <laughs> My lyrics aren't of. I don't know. I'm sorry if I keep talking. My lyrics aren't offensive. Aren't they? <laughs> no. Some people find them offensive, don't they? You've yeah, heard that some people find everything offensive. Okay. And for the most part, Tyler and the rest of the crew's response to these allegations that they were homophobic and that they promoted violence, well, they just didn't care. Like, they were fully aware of how offensive people perceived their music to be, and they just kind of played off of that energy. Random disclaimer. Hey, don't do anything that I say in this song, okay? It's fucking fiction. If anything happens, don't fucking blame me, white America. Fuck Bill O'Reilly. Four, three, two, one. What the fuck I look like saying I'm sorry to a bunch of fucking facts you can't potentially harm. I ain't never gonna bow down to your expectation. By the way, I got 60 fucking wolves that'll guard me. The skate hard thrash black hoodies try something. Make sure your fucking feelings end up up in a glad bag. Fuck all your opinions. I'm trying to put a shoestring and fuck the fat lady. It's over when all the kids sing. So here's where we talk about Odd Future's strange position at the intersection of gender and sexuality politics. So they were constantly being accused of being homophobic, all while the only girl member of the crew, Sid, was openly queer. And here's where it gets even more interesting. Frank Ocean, before dropping his first album, Channel Orange, released an open letter in which he shared with the world his first love was another man. And how did Odd Future react? Well, they just didn't care. And to be frank, no pun intended, they didn't get why it was such a big deal that people cared about people's sexuality that much. You could say it, Frank Ocean likes bagels. He does. But Frank Ocean. He told me right when I got back that he like, Say it, come on, spit it out. Frank Ocean likes leather jackets. I think it's crazy that that like bagels like that, but for the yeah, longest right. he was front, like, we go to the store like, do you want some bagels? Nah, and I don't want no bagels. No, with bagels. No ba and all of a sudden, hey, week before the album dropped, hey, week before the album dropped, this like, pass like me bagels. the cinnamon raisin with the cream cheese. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so what are we to make of their politics? Some would defend them by saying that their point was they didn't give a fuck. They said what they felt without thinking, and that's exactly why kids embrace their music. And well, sure, they were kids, and they didn't really mean that stuff that they said. But let's not gloss over the fact that homophobia and misogyny are real. And reinforcing those tropes in music, even as a joke, have real consequences for the people listening. Their lyrics were deeply problematic. In their effort to piss off old white dudes, their music sometimes used language that could still harm the kids they were claiming to represent. 
But here's what made OF truly different. They didn't feel a need to justify their relationship with Frank Ocean and his sexuality. They felt like that wasn't any of their business to begin with. How many groups could we name that would be open and receptive to having a queer member in their group, let alone multiple? The only one that we can name is Brockhampton, whose member Kevin Abstract is openly gay. And Brockhampton itself is hugely influenced by Odd Future. As another example, let's take Lil Nas X, who recently came out. Now, if Lil Nas X was a part of any existing rap group today, how many do you think would accept him? How many do you think he'd be able to openly come out and still have a home to come to with that same group? Although Odd Future's lyrics were problematic, what they did do in their actions was see the humanity of all of their members, and they didn't pigeonhole them based on their sexuality. And we could end the conversation about Odd Future's relationship to sexuality there. But a few years after Frank Ocean came out, to many people's shock and some people's expectation, Tyler the Creator, the main culprit in the use of the F-bomb, would release a track on his album Flower Boy, implying that he too was attracted to men. The song was called Garden Shed. Shit, all this shit, all this shit, all this shit for the Gaudian. That is why I was hiding. That was real love I was in. Ain't no reason to pretend. All this shit, all this shit, all this shit, all this shit for the Gaud songs and feelings that I was Gaudian. Heavy on my mind, all my friends lost. They couldn't read the signs. I didn't wanna talk. I tell them my location and they ain't wanna walk. Truth is, since you kid, thought it was a face, thought it'd be like the freight proof. Gone, but it's still going on. Big fan of the base 10. Polka dot knows how it goes. Had to keep it on the subwoof. That song Garden Shed symbolizes the growth Tyler and Odd Future underwent as a whole. And although I find myself cringing when I hear some of their early lyrics, these kids have grown into some of the most talented and versatile artists in the industry. Look, they were 15 and 16 year olds who were branded as kids who made cheap shock value horrorcore. But when asked about their earlier music, here's how Earl Sweatshirt put it. In an interview with Huffington Post. The thing you gotta understand yeah. about OF is that we got famous off of our shit ideas. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your first drafts yeah. ever. We got famous off of ours. So people were judging us and basing us off of our fucking 19, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, year old like But these youth blossomed and evolved, and they proved that they had more to offer the world. So what happened to them and where are they now? This life is a game if you want to play Counting all your own mistakes Living it with no delay So fast I'm getting growing pains Father didn't show me my instincts to take the open lane I go insane All these problems coming with my growing age Blowing haze Trying to clear the doubt that's sitting on my brain I don't complain But the kid inside me feeling so restrained Gotta stay golden Chapter 5 The End of 7 Letters In 2015, Tyler tweeted a sentence that marked the end of our future as we know it. He said, Although it's no more, those seven letters are forever. Those seven letters? O-F-W-G-K-T-A. In other words, Odd Future Wolfgang Kill Them All was done. And for those following OF at the time, this solidified what many had already suspected. These were a group of high school friends that had grown up, and like high school friends do, they went their separate ways. In 2011, Sid had left OF to focus on her own band, The Internet. Around that time, Earl was becoming increasingly distant, and by the time he dropped his second album, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, he seemed to detest celebrity culture, particularly the fame that he had built up as a member of Odd Future. 
Frank Ocean distinguished himself even more as a solo artist, dropping Endless and Blonde without a single feature from any Odd Future members. And this is pretty much the same story as most of the other Odd Future members. They pretty much followed their own solo careers and just didn't stay as tight as they once were. And over time, the group just fizzled out. So what did OF have to show after nearly a decade together? Well, they dropped four mixtapes, the Odd Future Tapes Volume 1 and 2, Radical, and 12 Odd Future songs. They also started their own label, which produced over a dozen solo projects from Odd Future members. And while they were together, they went on tour with Eminem, they directed Mountain Dew commercials, and they launched their own clothing line. They even had their own sketch comedy show on Adult Swim, Loiter Squad. It's my mother birthday so you just gonna bring me a birthday gift on my birthday to my birthday party on my birthday with a birthday gift happy birthday and in what's been one of their most impressive achievements tyler the creator started camp flognaw the odd future festival in la some of the performers at the carnival include solange mac miller schoolboy q asap rocky lil wayne and this has become one of the premier festivals in a world where festivals seem to be popping up every other day. And not to mention the fact that artists like Travis Scott and J. Cole have started their own festivals in their hometowns. But Tyler, he was doing it almost 10 years ago. Now, at the beginning of the show, we talked about the precarious state that hip-hop was in before Odd Future arrived. It felt unoriginal. It was completely immersed in mainstream appeal. Well, OF helped to flip the script. These kids weren't focused on selling the most records, they were having fun, and they made some damn good music in the process. They were independent, but they managed to capture global attention. Now, artists blow up off YouTube videos all the time. And now artists know they don't have to have radio hits to gain a devoted following. There's an argument to be made that OF is the modern blueprint for what it looks like for an artist or group of artists to have control of their image, their music, and their relationship with their fans. 10 years ago, what they did, it was odd. And they pretty much predicted the... All right, I'm not even going to do the obvious pun here. Let's just jump to the final chapter. Odd present. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So I'm guessing this question is in need of dressing, huh? Like how we fresh in our adolescence and wrecking them. Hand and tracks, he destined to make a mess of them. Snapping necks and records in matter of seconds. Okay, where are they now? Well, they're doing their thing. Haji, Left Brain, Damo, and Mike G, they're all rapping, following their solo paths. And Frank, he's doing the same. He's been out of the public eye, dropping occasional singles. Earl Sweatshirt purposefully abandoned fame. His most recent project, Feet of Clay, has been more experimental. His decision to explore more experimental elements of his art has lost him support of some of his casual listeners. And he's fine with that. Since joining Odd Future, he had this cultish following, and he's been trying to shake it off since. Now, he's more focused on exploring new things through his art, and focused on the people willing to listen to it. Double back when you got it made, 30 racks of weed, no fat in the collard greens. Off top of me, no cap, I don't bottle things. Flats and grandmama rings on the fingers and bottle the thing. Sid and Matt Martians joined forces to form their own group, The Internet, and they're bigger than ever. Their first album, Eagle Death, received a Grammy nomination, and their second album, Hive Mind, dropped in 2018.
And for Tyler the Creator, well, he might have undergone the most prominent transformation of anyone in OS. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who the brightest of them all? I never been a darkest one because my self seems tall, so I never seen out of eye with y'all niggas. Hey yo, who no peso? Never pay attention to when niggas gotta sell, so I keep that buck and I ain't get no fucking name. Build me up, so I'm blocking like Lego. Feeling glitter, feeling good and great. Got the burner, got the heat like weight. Got the shit that's all up on that hip. I use it on myself today, you dip. Got that four, five, seven track, eight for me. Baby dog, I hope you agree. Because you like my He's replaced his shock value rhymes with more relatable themes and love ballads. And his most recent project, Igor, made history, winning Best Rap Album while being written, produced, and composed all by one artist, Tyler. His Camp Flognaw Carnival is one of the biggest festivals in the country. He scored the Grinch movie, and now his clothing line is bigger than ever. So what is Odd Future doing now? Well, exactly what they've always done. They're doing what they want. And even though they're not doing it under the name Odd Future, they're exploring art in their separate ways and on their own terms. And that is the origin of Odd Future. I'm looking into doing a series of shows like this where I jump into the origins of artists that we love and some that we might not know. So if you've got an artist that you want me to break down, let me know in the comments. Thank you as always for listening. Be sure to follow us on the social media at moodringradio underscore. Don't forget the underscore and don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud and support us on Patreon. As always, I'm Soft Spoken and I'm out. <laughs>